Oh, there we are. We are live now. Yes, right. we are. All right, so let me start the show. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. Hello, and welcome to American Top 40. I'm Casey Kasem, and this is our weekly countdown. This week on American Top 40, the best-selling and most played songs from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from Canada to Mexico. In the next three hours, we'll count down the 40 most popular hits in the United States this week, hot off the record charts of Billboard magazine for the week ending July 11th, 1970. In this hour at number 32 in the countdown, a song that has been hit gold, that has hit, been a hit four times in 19 years, and we're just one tune away from the singer with the $10,000 gold hubcats on his car. Now on with the countdown. End of our road. Welcome Marvin to the show. You're the one you're going to step up and claim this? I don't even know where Kevin went. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> Can I talk yet? Yes. I was told I had to be quiet at the beginning. Hi, we I'm did. Jack in the Box. Hi, I'm Muhammad Ali, and I'm so pretty, and I'm so fast that the light is off. When I click it, I'm in the bed before it's actually dark. I'm so pretty. Elmer's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. Jack in the Box and Casey Kasem. Oh my good. I loved Casey Kasem. And Jack a, in the Box. There's a video out there um, of all the outtakes of Casey Kasem with, you know, four letter words and everything. Oh, <laughs> good thing we don't have that on this show. <laughs> so, so can Dr. Kevin talk yet? Oh yeah. That was really good, Elmer. I flubbed up the lines. That's okay. That's your outtake. <laughs> it's okay. It was really good. It was really fun. Dr. Kevin. It was, it was funny because I actually posted on Instagram recently when I was doing my taping with Max, because, you know, I put out a poetry corner every week. And uh, then I also have my newsletter and I'm actually breaking things up. Oh, and my desk is <laughs> apart. Oh my. So anyways, but I did this, uh, Max was making sure that I was all ready to be taped. And in doing that, he uh, said to me, I don't know why I thought this, but he said to me, hi, I'm still here. I'm trying to fix my desk that's falling apart. Bye. <laughs> you can go ahead and laugh. This is laughing. This is the laughing part of laughing, loving, and alive. I'll show you the loving part in a second. 
Oh, I don't know. It's the, oh, okay. Phew. I was doing the, uh, not that part. <laughs> so I, was, I don't know what to expect anymore. So I was doing, um, so he said to me, sound check. And I, and I just looked at him and I went, so I, I was like, so how much sound can a sound check check when a sound check could check sound? And, and he cracked up laughing. And so he took it as an outtake. He put it separately. I put it on the Instagram. I got more comments on that. I was like, okay then. So it was Mr. Almer, Mr. Almer, you got a a a a positive critical review already of Kings, Queens, and In Betweens, whatever the name of the film is. I don't know. I can't keep track of those things. Well, we got another one tonight. Oh, really? You got yep, two yep. in 24 hours. I, I, I've known you for a long time and I've never seen you that lucky the whole time I've known you. <laughs> Rain. Uh, wrong show. <laughs> share, share, share. Cough it up for our viewers, our watchers, our listeners, our people who don't have a better life, anything to do with their life than attend. Uh, yes, too. Um, we have two more reviews coming um but two of the reviewers um gave us three and a half stars out of five um but all of them really liked uh the film and uh you know they had some um constructive feedback which i always like um you never liked so it, it when i gave it to you oh i'm sorry <laughs> well maybe it wasn't constructive <laughs> yeah maybe it just wasn't being received go ahead <laughs> oh, uh, corners, ding, ding, ding. I, I'm Muhammad Ali, remember? <laughs> so uh, they're on Facebook. If anyone goes to uh, our Facebook page, um, it's the, I don't even know what the Facebook page is. It's Kings and Queens with an ampersand. Uh, there's a title is the name of, this, of the movie. But uh, <clears throat> I posted both of those on my Facebook page as well. Um, the two reviews, the good reviews that we had. You know, we're submitting to festivals now. We're in 21 festivals um, that we've submitted to. We've been already accepted by one. So the, we'll do that for about a year, have a festival run for a year, and uh, then see if it gets put out anywhere um, on streaming. So it'll be streaming somewhere. It will get put out somewhere, um, whether it's through me or a distributor. But <clears throat> yeah, so excited about that. You got, he you got, should be. he got three times lucky in 24 hours and now he's putting out. Thank <laughs> God. He'll be less grouchy. Rain, what's up with you? <laughs> you know what? And when you said, was I the unicorn? Cause of course I was in the watch party and I was like, okay, did I miss something? I'm like, what unicorn? Cause you know, I'm just watching it was over. I just like kind of clapped. I put my clap out there and all of a sudden you're like, are you the unicorn? So is there a page where, I guess when you're watching, you can see who the other participants are. You just don't know who it is. Right. If you don't sign up for an account um, on this, it's Cosmi, K-O-S-M-I, we used for our online virtual streaming um, party. Um, if you don't have an account and you sign into it, it gives you a different animal. So there was, you know, 17 different animals on there well. and I had no idea who anybody was. <laughs> so I learned next time I do a streaming that when like people want to, if they're not doing video, if we do video, we obviously we see them, but if they can't do video and they want to chat, they need to say who they are when they chat with us. Got it. Got it. I was excited. I thought it was wonderful and not because you're my friend because 
people who are my friends know that I don't bite my tongue either, but I loved it. I, I just thought it was a great film. It was really fun. I was bummed because I wasn't in it, but you know, I know I you've got you. like 300 coming. <laughs> I know, but then COVID and then I couldn't get to Maine. So, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, what was I supposed to do? So the next ones, ones with an S on the end, I plan on being on in all of them, all them. Already, I don't care if I have to play a tree. We're already working on um, a gay miniseries, a, uh, a suspenseful thriller. It's going to be eight parts. Um, and the first pilot episode that we will film um, is going to be set in the on a honeymoon. So it'll either be in the U.S. Virgin Islands or we'll be filming in Hawaii. Um, and, and let me go look. I know where my passport is. Are you talking <laughs> about like I need to get on a plane tonight after the show? <laughs> right. Kevin's imitating you as a tree. I think that <laughs> I shall never see a poem is lovely. A thing is lovely. <laughs> As a tree. I know Cody's like, I woke up in the middle of the night so I could see these, this, what is happening? <laughs> so Dr. Kevin, what about you? How has your two weeks been? Oh, well, my two weeks has been all over the place. Um, I am continuing to explore and love Clubhouse and Rain and I have a couple of things going. We're gonna be doing, uh, which I have included you in the loop, just in case you wanna be involved. Uh, I saw that, I was like, why am I getting a million messages on Instagram? Well, you know, something needed to make you feel loved. So, uh, <laughs> is we're gonna start doing a daily spiritual practice and we're gonna have uh, a revolving set of people on different days that are going to lead some kind of either meditation or share an inspirational quote and, you know, maybe talk with it, with the people about what it meant with them or something that's a daily spiritual practice. So we're going to have something coming out of the Web of Light Clubhouse eight days a week because I love, 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 love you. Uh. And before we go too far, Rain, did you have something happen in the last two weeks? Am I remembering that right? Or was that before? I don't know. I'm sure something has happened. I can't remember. But look what I scored for a dollar at the thrift store. I couldn't be happier. I mean, I, I just absolutely <laughs> love, love all sorts of like reptiles. And Does it have something in its mouth? Yes, teeth. Oh, that's like at the roof of the mouth that had like a water squirt gun or something. No, that would have been cool. No, there's no hole. It's just there's like a tongue. And I'm sure the viewers are like, what are we doing? But isn't that cool? <laughs> it is. That's huge, too. Huge. And it's squishy. It's like this squishy rubber. But in the last two weeks, yes, I released that prune wine thing, which has been doing very well. And then I'm going to release something else this week. So, um, oh, that's, I, so it's coming up. Okay. I wasn't yeah, sure it's it was coming out, up. Yeah. I sent it to you and Dr. Kevin, but I hadn't, uh, um, I, I actually sent it to a couple of people and they loved it. So now I'm ready to release it. I'm cool. coming up. I want to, to know I'm going to let it show. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> hey, she so goes. Before, oh, before we, before we go down any more rabbit holes, do we want to bring on our guests? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do the intro? Or you want me to do the intro, Doctor? 
I'm going to have you do the intro. You brought the guest on. You have more connection with her. Oh, My hold job on. is just to put her through the mill. Gotcha. Hold on. She's not on. <laughs> what? what? She hung up on us. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's glamming herself and then she disconnected us. Is that what happened? I, possibly. So for now, I'll keep an eye on it I'll, out for her. Um, if you want to send her a text rain and we'll just keep, keep talking about ourselves. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll keep it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fade to black. Yeah, I know so that's a her. short trip, right? Yeah. So I can text her. <laughs> hey so now, I was, I'll, be right, I was, I'll be right back. Sure. You're being politically correct there, girl. <laughs> so I was thinking what we should do since my second short is out. Um, we should do a special show that we can pre-record. It doesn't have to be one of the live ones. Um, just talking about um, the two films, talking about, you know, let's ha- this, this is this loving, uh, laughing, loving and alive. This actually came out of loving Martin. So maybe we can go dig a little more into that film and this film and do a special on uh, gay films. I love it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm open for that. I mean, I'm basically kind of sort of open for anything. Um, I see that uh, our politically incorrect rain is back. Oh, she didn't go anywhere. She's just texting. So yeah, I'm just see texting. Her. Can you see her yet? No. Okay. Um, I did hear something funny today. My housemate was on a work call with his whole team and uh, Danny, who's um a trans woman, they were talking about something about closets. And all of a sudden, all I heard her say was, I no longer have a closet. And I busted, <laughs> I busted up laughing. Andy busted up laughing. Well, any luck? Nada. Well, you know, I I have this, I I do this big thing about stepping out of closets and how important it is to step out of closets and that you know when we allow ourselves to be put in a closet or we stay in a closet it's for the comfortability of others we stay in closets to make other people comfortable we stay in closets because other people actually get to oppress us suppress us make money off of us intimidate us um their disempowerment comes when we choose to stay hidden when we choose to stay in closets and i was actually at a clubhouse this week and we were talking about uh how to go from an underdog to a top dog was the the thing and i was telling the story and at the end they invited me to share a poem or anything and i actually shared a poem that i wrote called hidden uh and it's about the you know kind of some of the price that we pay uh when we do that uh and is our guest on yet no okay well, you know, okay, I'm going to disconnect and call her, okay? I'll be right back. Okay. You know we'll never get rain back. Okay. No, she'll end up in an attendee and I'll you have probably, to fish, fish, fish her out of the, the She's pool. like, am I supposed to stay on? <laughs> what? I did say she would continue to hear us and see us, right? Yeah, you did. She, of course, she's glamorous. She'll be on in a second, so I'm coming back. She's All like, right. am I supposed to stay on? I'm like, yes! <laughs> what the how heck? She, <laughs> how is she supposed to know to come back on? She's coming on. 
You see what we do to people? She was probably like, oh my God, Casey, Kasem. Who is that? <laughs> I didn't even know Casey Kasem. That's so long ago. You know, so Rain, we know who scared our guest away. Casey. Elmer. Casey. Yes. Elmer. Yeah. Well, uh, that's. I'm going to give her so much crap when she gets back on and here. And I'm the quiet one. <laughs> Used but to. I loved it. Used to be. Um, well, I'm not feeling like I'm exhausted and ready to go to bed right now. So well, I'm a little more good. talkative. Well, well, here, that's we good. Go, here we go again. First, three times in 24 hours. Then he's putting out. Then Rain gives him the clap. And now he's talking about <laughs> his exhaustion level. I don't know. And Cody's back on. Oh, gorgeous. Thank you for Hi. <laughs> We figured we drove you away. No. So I thought I had a few minutes to go and get ready and come back. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Bless her heart. She just loved. And she's like, was I supposed to stay on? I'm like, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what I, we've I, done to you? <laughs> I thought, no, 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 no. I thought we were setting at three my time. So I'm really confused. <laughs> oh, well, it's 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what time that is over there. It's, but It's 3 p.m. now or is it 2 p.m. now? I mean, 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. and now, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I thought we were starting at 3. 18. So I thought I've got an hour to get ready. Oh, no. Sorry. You change. <laughs> they do daylight savings time a, a week or two off from us in England. Um... We, we just did it tonight. Well, this morning we just changed this morning. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay, that that's why. So, um, ah. that's what happened. All that fame. Talk to my friends <laughs> in England around this time of year for the switches. There's always a one, two, three week difference of when they switch and when we switch. Yeah. So the hour. Yeah, because we switch. Changes. We switch on the twenty eighth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did the 14th. Aha. Ah, no wonder that's the, that, you know, a that's little, a meager excuse for a celebrity. <laughs> the, the, the little gray cells have figured it out. So, <laughs> yay. Miss Rain, would you like to introduce our guest? I would. You know what? I'm going to tell you this, and you probably won't find this funny at all. So about a year or so ago. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was it enough time to laugh yet? Almost. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So I go into a Walgreens that I have never been in. I don't even remember what I was doing in there. But I came down this aisle because they were almost empty. And I was like, huh? I mean, it was packed and there was like hardly anything in there. And I walked past this display that had these lashes on it I never stop and look at lashes ever and I saw something about cancer on it and I'm just like oh that's interesting it was only three pair and so I was looking and I looked on the back and I said who is this so I took out my phone I go on Instagram and I'm like she and I are gonna be friends and I called her and I thought she was fascinating she was innovative beautiful funny smart I'm like that's my kind of lady and I need to know more about her so she and I spoke I think it was like 4 a.m my time that day and I was kind of drunk and sleepy but I just absolutely fell in love with Cody and so many people have been after her lashes and then again I started seeing them in Vogue magazine 
and Allure magazine and all those magazines that someone like me could only dream of being <laughs> in. And there she was. And I thought, she <laughs> he's right. So I thought, moment, what <laughs> what's, a, what's a better show than for someone like you who has done something so big? And I wanted Dr. Kevin and Elmer, don't cry for me, Argentina. I mean, this is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cody, here you are in Laughing, Loving, Alive. And I'm turning you over to Dr. Kevin and Elmer. And they're going to just kind of get some more information out of you. Maybe not Elmer, but definitely Dr. Kevin. Welcome, my beautiful survivor friend. Thank you so much. I mean, I was listening to you and I'm like, who's that girl? I want to meet her. Um, I don't, <laughs> I wish I could see myself through your eyes, but thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you for that, you know, reaching out uh, last year. It was, no, not last year, the year before. Was, year before. Oh year my God, before. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a start of something beautiful and I long may it continue. So it was it the start of something beautiful. Has Rain hit you up yet about sponsoring her so she can go over to the UK and do something? Uh, first day. What? <laughs> first day, Dr. Kevin. First day I talked to her. I said, so you know, I'm looking for an invitation to come to the UK so that you and I can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. As soon as the borders are open, you need to come over. So I'm coming. Cody, we'll coordinate it. You, she'll go visit you in the UK and we'll make sure you have the flight to come visit me in May in New Hampshire at the same time. And so Absolutely. you can be over here and she can go over and she can be over there. <laughs> I've got a whole family over here to welcome you. So don't worry about it. You won't even miss me. <laughs> they won't even know I'll she's gone. You. They'll just call you Cody the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Cody. First of all, I want you to share a little bit about your story. So tell us, tell us more about the actual product and then let's hear a little bit about the story that, that led to the creation of the product. So basically Sealash is, and thank you so much for inviting me, Doctor. Uh, I did, she did, but that's all right, go ahead. She did. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so basically, Silash is an eyelash that is specifically, for me, I made it um, to take care of a problem that I found when I got cancer. When I lost my lashes at a time when I actually needed lashes, I found it really hard to wear normal lashes because normal lashes tend to use your natural lashes as a ledge to rest on. Uh, because lashes by their very makeup they're quite heavy so when they don't have anything to rest on they tend to droop so because of that I created something that would be easier for people without lashes to wear which is C-Lash which is a thicker band that sticks onto your eyelid blends with your eyelid and it allows your lash to stay in place all day. And there are actual uh, negative consequences from a physiological standpoint if you don't have eyelashes, are there not? Yes, absolutely. So the first one is um, just uh, from, um, from your, 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 your eyelashes stops dead getting in your eyes. So yeah. you find that a lot of people who've had cancer with alopecia, they 
they have constantly uh, running eyes and they tend to have um, eye infections because of missing lashes. The other thing is you lashes are something that you never think of, especially for me, I never used to wear false eyelashes. You don't think about them until they are actually gone and you don't realize how it changes your face. So for somebody who's had lashes all their life and all of a sudden they're gone, it just does something to you. You just want your face back. Um, so not having lashes is to, to someone looking at you might not see it's a big deal but then once you don't have the lashes it just does something to you it's, it's it's something that is so pertinent to you that you just need to have that thing back so i want to i want to make it very clear to our audience because i think this is a very important point i mean there is the mental and emotional wear and tear of cancer yes. where you don't feel uh, you might you don't feel beautiful or you don't feel desirable or you don't feel like yourself where when you look in the mirror it is it, it is a it it feels negative because yes. what, who is staring Absolutely. back at you is not you and on one hand that's very that's very powerful i mean as far as the damage it can do the struggle that there is uh, and i'm never going to discount that part of it I also think equally important that I want the audience to hear, which is why I asked the question, is there is actually, when somebody has cancer and they're going through any kind of cancer treatment, any kind of struggle, you already have a compromised immune system. You have a number of other things that are going on that are taking their toll on you physiologically. And to add one more thing, you are more likely to end up with issues because you get things in your eyes. You're more likely to end up with infections. They are more dangerous because you are going through something where your immune system is down. I mean, it isn't just a simple thing. It isn't like, oh, you know, what's the big deal about eyelashes? Like, you know, that's just vanity. I mean, I've heard people say that before. And that's why I want to make it clear that besides the fact that the mental and emotional struggle and stress that happens when anybody goes through cancer, but there is also physiologically re physiological reasons which make this, this thing that you have created very important and very helpful. And I wanna thank you for doing that. And I want people to realize both sides of that coin. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is absolutely true, absolutely. So you were going through cancer yourself and where are you health-wise now? Obviously we wanna ask the important questions first. Health-wise, um, touch wood, no evidence of disease. I've been cancer-free for six years. So yeah, absolutely, um, I'm on the up and up and um, I'm hoping that will stay like that. Um, yeah, health-wise I'm all right now. I was gonna say, because you radiate health. Even when we were doing the check-in before, you just, you have this glow and this energy of somebody who's very much alive and very healthy and very present. Um, and that's one of the things that I first observed when Rain says, this is who I stuck you with this week. No, I'm, just, I'm sorry, when she said this is- <laughs> And stuck you up. <laughs> yeah, until she hangs up again. <laughs> Well, we're not going to let Elmer hey, talk. He I'm a diva. I do what I want. <laughs> Apparently. I, I, keep, 
I keep telling Rain, one of these days we're going to, you know, do our intro. <laughs> we're going to go to bring the guest on and they'll be gone. And it happens tonight. <laughs> and she was. <laughs> oh, Cody. So you, so first of all, I always say that it is part of the human condition in nature. And in fact, I feel like it's a mandate for us as humans that if there is a problem in the world and there is not a solution, it's our job to find it. It is a Absolutely. mandate of being human. And this is what you've done. So you can, can you explain a little bit of the process of how you went about doing this? Um, so for me, I, I, I need to, to go back a few years actually for me to arrive because it's like, it, it is all very connected. Um, when I was growing up, um, I wanted to be a lawyer. Absolutely. I grew up in Zimbabwe, in Africa. Um, not only was I from a poor family, but I was also not a very bright kid. I was always bottom of my class. And for me, being a lawyer was a dream that I knew would never come true because of those two, those two problems that I've just said. Um, so I, life got in the way, I worked, and eventually I came to the UK in 2004. But as soon as I got to the UK and I found out that I could go back to school and, you know, it's like at that time, I realized that I could, you know, it's like I could go back and study. And I realized that I wasn't actually not bright. I was actually dyslexic. So when I went back to school, I started studying towards going back to and, and actually attaining my dream of becoming a lawyer. So on the 11th of August, 2014, I had finished what they call MVQs over here. So they are an equivalent of an A-level. And um, applied to go to university and my final interview was on the 11th of August, 2014 um, at six o'clock in the evening. On that very same day at 3.15 at an appointment for a um, biopsy that I had done 10 days before. And this was to find out the results of a lamb that I'd found in my breast. Um, so I had, I was only 36. I had no history of cancer in my family. I was very active. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink at the time. And I was so convinced that this couldn't possibly be cancer. So I didn't even cancel my appointment with the university. So I walked in to be told that I had cancer, which I was totally unprepared for. Um, instead of sitting and discussing my treatment plan with my oncologist, I walked out and drove from, from crew in Cheshire to Manchester to do my interview because for me, I don't think that I was thinking clearly. I just, I just knew that I had this interview. That was the most important thing because remember I've been working towards this for God 10 plus years of my life. So this thing here that you're telling me cannot possibly stop this dream that, it, that had been going on for such a long time. So I got to the university and I did my interview and I knew I was on a roll until this lady asked me. One of the final questions which they would have asked anybody was, is there anything that you can tell us that might interfere with your study at the college? And that's when my story unraveled because I had to tell them I've just been diagnosed with cancer this afternoon. Um, they gave me the place because the, the lady asked me, why did you decide to come after all these units, you know, like after receiving this news? and. On that day, I said something that changed the way I see life forever. And I said to her, look, for a long time, I've been work working hard to become a lawyer. And today I've received news that can possibly derail that dream. What I do right now is gonna change the course of my life. So I cannot, 
I cannot accept that something that's just happened this 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 afternoon becomes the book of my life. It can only be a chapter in my life. So I would like to go on and and study the college. So I got the place at the college and at university and I went and I started studying. But when I started treatment, it became too difficult for me and I had to drop out. That decision to having done all of that and all of this dream going over the years and having to drop out had such an impact on me that I went into a spiral into a depression. And you know, it's like there were days when I wouldn't get out of bed. I, you know, it's like you just then concentrate on the cancer. You know, the kids just took a back seat, you know, my work, everything. Um, so I then decided that, you know what, I am going to find something to get me out of this spiral because it's like, it never occurred to me to talk to someone because sometimes when you're in a depression, you don't realize you're there. So I started something called Lipstick and Heels and it was out of desperation. I was clutching it at straws. Lipstick and Heels was me telling myself that every single day, no matter how I was feeling, no matter what I was doing, I would get up at seven, I would put my makeup on and I'll put high heels on and I'll put my lipstick on. And that was the plan. I didn't know anything beyond that. But what that did was suddenly I started looking forward to seven o'clock. I started planning my makeup, my, my hair, my, my shoes, my handbags, everything. And on days when I was going for my chemotherapy, sequins, feathers, everything, I would be like dressed up. So that made me want to hide the fact that I was going through everything that reminded me of the cancer had to go. I needed to have Cordelia that was going through cancer and Cody that was just going through life. So when my lashes started to fall out, I needed to just restore that. So I went in and I bought a pair of lashes. The first pair of lashes, they took out the last remaining lashes that I had. And then the next time I tried to wear lashes, they just wouldn't stay in place. There was no lash line to guide me. There was and then it became an obsession. Everything else about me was damn near perfect. But this one thing, and women, we like that. You know, you could be the most beautiful woman and you obsess about the one thing that's wrong with you. So this one thing that stopped me from looking no more, it was the one thing that gave me away that I had cancer because my wigs were perfect. My makeup was perfect, but my lashes. So I just started tinkering with lashes and I started saying to myself, I need a lash that I can wear. It was never a business idea. It was just something to get myself back. And that's how the idea of Sila started. I think that's a very, very powerful story. And I was confused when you said that you didn't do well in school in Zimbabwe because you're clearly a highly intelligent person. And Thank you. so when you said that you got the diagnosis for dyslexia, I went, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it would do. And I'm going to ask a completely off topic question for a second. Do you think that there was less energy spent in understanding why you were not um, doing as well in school where you came from because you were female? And do you think if you were male, they would have made more of an effort to help you? Um, I don't think it was so much, there, there, there is, there, there, there was, when I was growing up, there was a disparity in, in the way males and females were treated and everything. But to be fair, my parents, uh, my dad especially, they were quite forward thinking. And my, I remember my growing up, my dad would always say, you know, it's like, as a woman, 
it's important that you shouldn't live a parasitic life. And I didn't even know because he would say it in English and I didn't understand English as well. And I didn't understand this until I was much older. But I think Zimbabwe, the education system was, you all go through this tunnel and you're all taught in the same way. And there were people who were bright and people were not. There was never any effort put into understanding why the kids were less bright, were less bright. So you just knew that you were not bright and other people. So you would be, you'd be sort of like they would gravitate you towards arts, arts or you know, it's like um, doing things like typing or art so that you could get a job. But then I, I don't think there was ever any effort until much later to understand why some kids learned faster than others. Okay, okay. I'm just curious because, you know, I see a lot of messaging that talks about a real uh, double standard, especially in, in several of the African countries about education as someone who's experienced it, uh, had the living experience of it. I just kind of wanted to see where that sat. I would invite you, even though I know that you've like overcome it, to start to maybe think in a way of that uh, they didn't know how to educate you. Yes, absolutely. Yes, they did not know how to educate me. I was not a good fit for the way they taught and their failure in, in, in being unable to teach me led me to not looking as intelligent as I was. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. I could, you know, it's like, I think you're the first person who's articulated very well for me because for a long time, I was convinced that I was not bright. Um, it, it, it was, you know, it's like my brothers and sisters were always in the top 10. I was always in the bottom 10. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. So I, I and, and I, I want to say, you know, when I was a, a young, when I was in, in elementary school, uh, there was a moment when I was in first grade where they were actually uh, basically telling my, my, my parents that I was mentally retarded and I couldn't learn. Oh, yeah. So I, I understand the pain of that story very much. And, you know, and luckily, I had a father like you had a father that championed you, maybe not to the school system, but to you, that never let you feel like you should be worth less or have less value because you were female. I, I had a father who basically told them that they were wrong and they didn't know how to teach a bright child was their problem, not that I was stupid. Um, <laughs> so I, I share that with you because it's very important for those of us that have gone through that tunnel as we tell our story now, that we yes. embrace the empowered language of what happened in retrospect and not speak from the child who was experiencing it because that gives more hope to the children who are listening that are. Yes, uh, and actually the, the one thing that I want to say is what I then discovered later in life is I had a superpower because, because I was so different from the other kids. I have this ability to see life in a completely different way. And this whole coming up with ideas, I was doing it from a young age. It was back then people didn't take me seriously because I was this kid who was never bright. But I always, when everybody else sees 
you know, it's like a glass of water. I see, I see rain and rainbows. I, I always see things differently. And that has always been my superpower. And it's, it's probably taken me until later on in life to realize that, but absolutely it, I, I wouldn't be anything else but, but that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were one of my kids. Um, <laughs> I call all the ADD, ADHD my kids. I don't um, think you, you're old enough to be my dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm pretty close to your age. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but anyways, so you found this problem, you worked your way around it. And the, the next thing I want to congratulate you on, and I want the audience to really take this in. You gave yourself a small, achievable daily practice to get yourself through the depression. That is so key and so brilliant, Cody. I, I oftentimes will tell my clients, you know, I, I went through a period after a health issue where I sunk into a deep depression for a little bit and I didn't want to get out of bed and, and I was, you know, was just a shell of myself after the health condition I had to recover from. Mm -hmm. And I basically said, all I'm going to do every day is say, I'm going to get up and celebrate that I put my feet on the outside of my bed. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, and when I, I get there, I'm going to celebrate that I made myself a cup of coffee, whether the doctor thought I should have one or not. Screw him. Well, that was good. <laughs> points. Uh, but that that is such an inspiration for people. We all have times when we go into a dark tunnel. And when we get a bullet list of things to do, it's overwhelming. And so the fact you figured out, if I just get up and I put a little bit more mascara on and I just, you know, do a little something to the cheeks and stuff like that, that I am going to move forward. Yes, yes, that, that, that was the plan, <laughs> that was the plan. Now, where are you now? Your lashes are available well, at least in, you know, they're, they're worldwide, at least in the wide world of rain. Um, yeah. <laughs> like any other Hello. world out, like, oh. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> He's a totally girl. Uh. So, so for me, you know, it's like for me launching, this is a lady who's never been even a supervisor in a company before to run a company and to launch it in 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 the UK in 2019 was a massive deal and obviously I did this with ILO and I need to shout out to PDC Brands and ILO because they saw my idea and they saw the dream and they saw beyond you know all this you know it's like I, I, I was very much I, I had worked on my idea and everything but then they came in and then they looked past all the things that I hadn't done and then they worked with me. And so when I, when I launched in 2019, it was massive. And then in 2020, well, in end of 2019, I found out that my lashes were going to go into the US. Now, pardon me, I'm a girl from Zimbabwe, from a very little town in Zimbabwe, who came to find a dream in the UK. And now I am going into the US of A. I mean, hello. Uh, <laughs> it was like... And then I found out in um, end of 2019 that we we're going to go into Australia. And then 2020, we went into Sweden, Finland, and Norway. 
So now we are in six different countries um, and I'm still pinching myself. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I've, I've had time to actually celebrate this because the dream keeps getting bigger and it keeps, you know, it's like I keep getting from one, one stage and I think, okay, this is it. And then something else happens. So yeah, I am still breathing and I've just launched my own, um, my, my own website. So I can now sell my lashes from my own website and it launched last two weeks ago. Make so, sure that you send that website if we don't have it to Elmer so we can post it on the podcast as people see it. Absolutely, um, I will do. So that people can, you know, that can get that. And, you know, it could be because of cancer, but it could be because of other things where there is a fragility that's in the eyelid mm -hmm. that makes yours. It's not limited to cancer. They don't, I don't want them to be the cancer eyebrows. There are eyebrows that help people with cancer. Eyelashes. Eyelashes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what can I, I say? Something. <laughs> I, I didn't lose my lashes, but my lashes have always been very thin. And, you know, being on stage a lot and wearing a lot of those stage lashes, every time, I remember one time I was in, um, I think it was Dream Girls, and the lashes were huge because it was outdoor performance so people could see. And by the, it was, I don't know, 10 performances, eight, I can't remember. But by the third night, the skin was coming off of my lid yes. and taking my thin lashes out. And it was burning because, you know, then I had to put the glue in different places every night so your lashes were just they were they're beautiful i i need to get some more hint 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 i need to get some more <laughs> hint 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 i got you go uh-huh you just worry about that <laughs> well and i was thinking that you know people that do a lot of gluing with heavy things that mm -hmm. something that you know i think i think of actresses i think of uh, you know, people that may be having other eye conditions where they're, where it's more delicate. I think of drag queens, people that mm -hmm. do drag. Yeah, and oh. people with alopecia as well, you know, it's like mm -hmm. they, they, they go through life and they, they, they never have lashes. And yeah, I, I have got my lashes back and I still use C-Lash because A, I find them easier to wear because somehow they just find your lash line and they're more forgiving if you don't quite get those lashes mm -hmm. on your lash line they and they stay in place all day and once they settle on your skin they just blend in with your skin and i i can't use any other lash now apart from c lash i'm biased of course but i i i prefer c lash to any other lash they I find them much easier to wear well i would <laughs> i would hope so because if you said that they were a piece of crap i, I would <laughs> you need more work on your marketing campaign <laughs> Yes, and then I'd be the one hanging up. <laughs> uh, we do have Donna Paisley that said she can't wait to try them and that she's so proud of you. Thank you, Donna. Oh, we wanted to share Thank you, that. Donna. And you know, I just uh -huh. want to say Donna is one of my best friends in Nova Scotia and her mom, who is our tried and true fan she never missed a show she passed away from cancer a couple of weeks ago and um so i would like to dedicate this to mom betty because i loved her very much she's a very wonderful lady and i know both her and donna and donna's family for forever and donna started 
um, the foundation in Nova Scotia on my behalf. So every year up until COVID, she put together this huge event and um, I fly out and we do it and she makes it happen. So big kisses out to Donna. Hugs to you, Donna. Hugs to you. Um, I have another question. Cody, did you say that you just released Moonshine? <laughs> you are going to be the death of me. So <laughs> no, that Moonshine will be the death of she you. She better not be. She better not. So, 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 so this is the thing. I've always said in my life, every time there is a storm within, I try and create a storm without that is bigger than yes. the storm within. And so then it takes away from what I'm feeling inside. Mm -hmm. I, I create something much bigger. So in 20, 2019, no, 2020, last year, during the pandemic, uh, at the beginning in April, my brother who um, was here uh, in the UK, so most of my family is, is in Zim. So he, he and his family were here. So his daughter passed away quite early on in April when he was um, sorting out her funeral. He then got COVID as well and he died. And another storm came and I went into that place and I knew that place very well because I'd been there before. And you know, when you're, as human beings, we come together and we, 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 we draw strength from each other when something happens, mm -hmm. except with COVID, we couldn't do that. We had to have a WhatsApp funeral and everything. So it really impacted me. So I was, I just, I just checked out of life. You know, I see life wasn't making me jump up and down and stuff. I just was questioning everything about life. So I thought I need to jumpstart myself. I need to do something. And I stopped, I, because I was going through this period, I stopped drinking because when I started uni, that's another story. I went back to uni after, after dropping out. When I started uni, I started drinking because I'd, I'd never drank my whole life, but then, you know, in uni and everything. So I started drinking, but where, last year I stopped drinking because I thought if I drink during this time, I can mm -hmm. get dependent on it. So I just thought, actually, while I'm drinking all this gin, why not make my own? So I'm from Africa and we've got this fruit that I'd always, when my mom was, when we were growing up, we used to make this hooch called, um, with this fruit in, in Africa. And See? I would always, somehow, somehow I, would mm -hmm. always, I would always smell the smell. Every time I'd have gin, I would always think, how amazing would I be if I brought that fruit in with the gin? So I decided to have a gin called Cody Black, Spirit of Africa. And I love it. I've been working on this project since last year. So uh, last week I got my first sample of my actual gin, my signature gin called Cody Black. So yeah, yesterday I was sampling it. Yes. Uh -huh. That's why you logged it. off. Right. She had to go sample some more. Right. Just, oh, I've, I've got three hours before I'm supposed to get ready. <laughs> so I have to say, Cody, 
I'm going to make sure that Rain connects us up, like through Facebook or whatever, because absolutely I couldn't have any way to tag you because it just said Cody on the write-up for her. Um, but some of my really good friends that live in Chester are like big gin people. And that would so, be amazing. And so, and I and I know that you guys are still in lockdown, but. I think that it would be great to to like connect you and that that would be some some interesting connections in that area for for that. Thank uh, you very much. That would be amazing. Yes. Besides, I have to figure out how to track you down when I get back over there. Um, <laughs> you need to come back soon. In fact, I'm coming back to talking to you guys. I, I've never been to America. So you know what? I'm trying to to because if you say something out loud, it happens. So I'm trying to put myself on the spot and say, I'm coming to America before the end of the year. Okay. I love it. <laughs> hey, well, you know, if you come to the East Coast, I got two cats, a guest room, and I just put a hot tub in the back door yard. We can hang out, swill gin, you know, <laughs> hang out. That was just supposed to be encouraging. <laughs> what? what? Did I say something wrong? We're this is doing this it. Cody Black gin of of Africa. This is not what she was being encouraging. <laughs> In the hot tub. What is going on here? How can a girl say no, honestly? <laughs> I give up. And it's a really a nice hot tub. tub. It's a really a nice hot tub. I'm offering her a good time. And who knows? Maybe Rain will come over and visit. We'll we'll pour her a little snortful and you know. Put yeah, her you know I don't fool around with any of that stuff. I I yeah, no, but I Ready, support I, I want a signed bottle. <laughs> Because I, I can't do it. You're saying it's 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 you're doing your African roots. It's, my family's from the south, and when they made hooch, it was like eye of coyote and you know if you're from Africa, you're gonna be putting zebra fur in there and the stuff that's gonna get everybody all tore up. I don't know, there, Cody. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you drink my mom's hooch, you'll be giving away family secrets. You will be signing over your life to people you don't know. I've already done that. So what? what and I don't drink. So what is that telling you? <laughs> Dr. Kevin? She's going to be bringing us, instead of white lightning, some black lightning. Yes! <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Good time. <laughs> now, I am giving Rain a, uh, a, a challenge. Because I would love to actually, and I don't have the connection to do it. But Rain is connected to everybody in the world, and if she's not, she'll force it. Um, <laughs> is actually RuPaul Drag Race is on its second season in the UK, and oh, yes. I would love to get RuPaul on Laughing, Loving, and Alive. But I have no connections to him. I have some connections to some of the drag queens that have been in this season, like through Facebook and stuff. But if we could get Rue here and then connect Rue up with her and he brings people in sometimes like to do something in front of their que the, the Queens and the Lash, I think that would just be, that would be amazing opportunity. So Rain, it's your job Rain, to get please. my boy Rue on Laughing, Loving and Alive. And then we can make the connection between Rue and Cody. And yeah, we're all done. Let us know when it happens. 
So, um, you, um, do you know before COVID, I was supposed to go on that show as one of the people they like dress? Yeah, and really? um, then COVID happened. Yeah, they called me for that, and then they sent me a thing saying, you know, that all that stuff was canceled. So I can't remember who the connection is, but I still have it in my feed. So let me see if I can work my magic because that would be. Can I just tell you? Think I'm on the runway now? Oh my goodness. Oh, I want to be, I, hey, I, I want to be one of the other people they make up. I mean, he had a psychic on this last week on his show that did psychic readings for all of his queens um, before, that, before they did their maxi challenge. So anyways, but I would be actually literally would be a great connection for you if we could finagle this. Uh, all right, I'll see who I know. Elmer's getting ready to say something, and I know what he's going to say. What are you going to say, Elmer? And we have three minutes left. Already. I must be psychic. <laughs> well, we, we have, according to Cody, we have another hour and three minutes left. Yes, absolutely. That's all that, was it, Cody Black Moonshine? Who first we have three minutes. That's exactly why I can't drink that kind of stuff. So, um... Cody, the uh, so you understand the private side of the joke. I've actually been doing professional psychic work since the '70s, so that's the that's the other side of the joke. When I say I must be psychic, just so you. Oh, oh, really? So, 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 what do you see in my future? Please, in 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 two seconds. <laughs> I see you in my hot tub, swelling. Uh, yeah, so obvious. <laughs> obvious. Please, let it Cody. be. Obvious. <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> and I and I and I see us taking the world over together. You know, we yes. can we, we can be the we can be the twenty first century version of uh you know uh it was what Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson that did that song Ebony and Ivory <laughs> yeah Ebony uh -huh. and Ivory yeah I can see it now black and white lightning it goes together poetically. You're from Africa, so you get to be ivory, and we'll talk about the color of my soul, so I get to be ebony, and it will be perfect. <laughs> uh, Elmer, how much time do we have left with these two people? Uh, well, do you want to announce who's coming on in two weeks? Yes, in two weeks, we got Joe James. You're talking about, he's out of Austin. This musician is on fire, and he's working on a huge project with me and with a couple other guests that'll be in later, um, Karen Shane and... Lorna Dancy, who's out of, she's out of Canada, and Karen Shane is a good Texan with Survivor, and she is huge. So um, I can't wait. Of course, they will. Uh, oh, there she goes. All right. Well, you it's... know, the only thing I have to say is I, I hope Rain can still hear me. I think, I really think that she needs to stop body shaming. She keeps on describing these people as huge. It doesn't make any difference what size they are. You don't need no, to I'm not talking about her size. On their she's, she's a little tiny thing that's like eight feet tall inside. Wait till you meet her with her Texas accent. All right. You, I'm gonna, you wanna I'm take gonna, us home? Yes, I'm gonna play us out. I'm gonna have to share the screen though because of my new setup. Oh, I wanna see it down now. Miss Carly, we won't be.